How's it going everybody? Welcome to episode 65 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your host, the titular Stacey, and joining me in the parlour this month is friend of the parlour and um, incredibly sexy man, Barry Nugecake. Hello, why are there no seats in here? Um, health and safety? Gee, invite me over for a cuppa, no seats, no nothing, no cake, no biscuits. I mean, there's a beanbag, so, you know... Stop being fussy, yeah? Jeez. I did 24 oh. hours a year and I got a bit of service then. Right. If there was a beanbag, I'd never get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be stuck there forever. I was like, that's it. Everybody's sponge bathing me and stuff. <laughs> what a disgusting visual. Holly Barry, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Blimey, I didn't take long, did it? No, well, at least I haven't said the word vagina yet. Damn it. Wow. <laughs> you bring it out of me. You're a pervert. I can't right. help you. Yes, 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 I am. Apparently, without even trying. Yeah, I love you, Barry. Have I ever said that before? Um, sorry, I'm just going back over all the years to see whether you have or not. Um, I think you have at least four times now. This would be time number five. I love you too. Good. How the devil are you doing, mate? Um, I'm doing good, actually. I actually am doing good. It's it's very hectic for me at the moment. I am um. Why is it hectic for me? Let me think. Ah, yes. I am 30 pages away from um, finishing the final draft of Forgotten Warriors. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know I keep saying that every year for about the past four years, but this time it's true. <laughs> Don't promise to release it at Thought Bubble this year like you do every other year because no. Thought Bubble's happening sooner than usual. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, making, I'm making no promises other than the fact that I've, I'm nearly finished on the editing and then I fingers crossed have an editor so it will go to the editor that 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 is a major step forward if i get to that stage for me so largely because it means i can take i can take some weeks off and concentrate on the graphic novel that we're trying to get ready for thought bubble yeah because you're not at all making your life super difficult by juggling like a thousand balls at once no 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 i almost said juggling a thousand pies (laughs) i completely mixed my metaphors and then i just started thinking about pie (laughs) Yes, because I am the one who ate all the pies, apparently. Who said that? Hello. Oh, I thought somebody was bullying you then, and I was going <laughs> to have to go around and give him a knuckle sandwich. Dave. <laughs> I can give. I can't give Dave a knuckle sandwich. Look how delightful he is. Of course he can. I do it all the time. Kick him in the throat. He won't mind. So for those who don't know, Dave is Barry's podcasting partner of many, many years on the Geek Syndicate podcast. But you've all heard of that because it's more popular than this. So um, mm. you were saying about books and pies. Yes, and the fact that at some stage, um, when you say Dave is your best friend, he's best friend and um, arch enemy in waiting because one of us is going to go evil. We've decided. Oh yeah. well, how are you? How are you going to decide which one? What if you both accidentally go evil at the same time? Well, we we had the discussion about this in the uh, the newest episode of Geeks coming out this week. Which <laughs> <laughs> will have already come out by the time this episode gets edited. I doubt it. We're still two episodes behind. I haven't even edited it yet. Um, yeah, no, we um, we worked on the basis that to begin with it was going to be me because I was bored. Mm-hmm. Standard. Um, you got a goatee? No, but I can easily grow one. Okay, fair play. So, you know, it's, it's doable. Mm-hmm. But now, with Dave's um, hairstyle getting wilder by the day, I've now come to the conclusion Dave's the one who's going to go evil because he looks like the, he's going to look like the dude from Unbreakable, played by Samuel Jackson. I haven't seen that for a very long time, and I recollect not liking it. So, 
I'm sorry. If I'd known that, I would never have come on this show. I don't think I like any M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movies that I've seen. There are a few I haven't seen. Um, like that one about a bird in a swimming pool or whatever it's called. I fell asleep <laughs> in that one. I think, yeah. there's a, I think there's a twist at the end was that I fell asleep. <laughs> and there's that other one where the trees did it, and I don't... I don't. <laughs> the trees? <laughs> the trees did it. I think it's called something really innocuous, like The Happening. <laughs> Ooh, something occurred. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, that's a real movie. That sounds like a Scooby-Doo episode. Took the mask off the tree, and they're yeah. like, ah, I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you pesky in like Shyamalan. It wasn't Old Man Withers, it was the oak tree in the garden. I knew it! Thanks, kids. <laughs> oh, it's so t- yeah. Like I was, I was one of the the weirdos that saw the twist in the Sixth Sense come in and then got insanely cross about how stupid the movie was. Uh, yeah. I I didn't see the. I knew there was a twist because it was spoiled for me because I read it in the magazine. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Unbreakable. I know not everyone does, but that's fine. That's what the world is. It's all about differences. But I liked it. And if you did it, you're you're wrong. And good one, Tolerant. Yeah, <laughs> the trees one doesn't ring a bell. Is that the one with Mark, Mark, Mark Wahlberg? It might be because I think or was it Joaquin? No, Joaquin Phoenix was signs, wasn't it? Which yeah. was you know when the water did it. Mel, with Mel Gibson. I like that one. Oh no, it's terrible, Barry. Oh, I liked it. It's so shit. I went to the cinema to see that, and me and my friend walked out, and we were like, "What the fuck did we just watch?" I liked it. <laughs> oh, and well. If it wasn't for M. Night Shyamalan, I would never discover James Newton Howard, who is a, an amazing composer. Okay, I'll give you that. What do I know him from? Because it certainly isn't M. Night Shyamalan. Well, you would have done if you'd seen the films, because he did well, all the Yeah, but I think I was so cross at them that I don't, I'm not sure I paid attention to the soundtracks at the time. You should seek out the soundtracks that he's done for him, because he's done some amazing soundtracks. Unbreakable is an amazing soundtrack. Okay. Regardless if you like the film or not, and so is science as well. Um, you probably would have come across him from Batman, because he did... Uh, yes, he did, with uh, Hans Zimmertron. Yeah. I love Hans Zimmer. He's so good. Yeah, I find his music a bit loud sometimes, but I, but I do think he's quite good yeah. as well. He's um he's gone a little bit into the blah territory lately. Yes, yes. <laughs> he needs to stop doing superhero movies because I feel like I feel like all he thinks he can do in a superhero movie is be quiet, 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 and then go blah. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I'm just not I'm not interested in. But his soundtrack to Gladiator always makes me do a cry. <laughs> that is a good soundtrack. Oh mate, especially because my mum turned around to me and said at one of the songs, I think it's called Now We Are Free. My mum was like, oh, oh, yeah. it's played at my funeral. I want it at my funeral. And I'm like, oh great, now I'm always going to associate this song with my mum being dead. Thanks mum. And you're not even dead, so like that's just rude. You've ruined a song for me. I'd rather, I've, I've got, um, I'm going to have Here Comes a Hot Stepper for my funeral. <laughs> I feel like I want something that's going to really encapsulate me as a person. So I imagine it will be something like, but not necessarily like Gangnam Style. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just like a cheesy knob, aren't I? I could, I could see that working. <laughs> and everybody has to do the dance like out of the... I was going to say church, but it definitely wouldn't be a church. Right. Um, anyway, this is morbid. Barry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, what would you like to talk about on this fine, freezing cold April evening? Um, oh, I know because um, we did talk about this earlier, but I'm interested to get people's thoughts. Have you seen the new uh, Star Wars trailer? Yes. 
you know what's really funny was I asked Dave the same question and he answered me in exactly, literally exactly the same tone. The thing is, right, and I'm not... I'm not having a go at it because of this, but this is what I think all trailers should be, and there should only ever be one trailer for each movie. Because this tells you that this... It's, somehow it manages to tell you that this film is going to be really epic, and it's going to fucking blow your tits off. But it doesn't actually show you anything. It's just like, here's some sweeping shots of some islands and some trees and shit, and here's a close-up on a hand, and then it's like, ba 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 at the end, and you're like, oh... Oh shit, I really want to see this. <laughs> like, it's so good. I never want to see another Star Wars trailer now because it'll be too much. That's what, um, pretty much what Dave said. It's, it, yeah, because I, I felt the same way in that it kind of hit a lot of notes without giving, um, without giving the whole plot away, which is what a lot of trailers seem to do or second trailers seem to do. Um, you seem to get now that you, it's almost like you follow, they follow a set path now so we kind of have a teaser trailer and then we get a story trailer and then we get one which is a kind of a mix of both of them mm. um and then we just get loads and loads and loads of tv spots which i never watch anyway i never watch the tv spots and i thought as a teaser trailer i thought it was good it it didn't wow me in the same way that the force awakens trailer did mm-hmm. but i think some of that is because my excitement for Force Awakens was greater because Star Wars hadn't been around for a while and I didn't know if it was going to be rubbish or not. Whereas I'm not fairly confident, but I'm, I think this will be good. Whether it will be great remains to be seen, but I think it will be good. Um, so I think because of that, I was less excited. Okay. Does that I, make yeah, sense? I can see where you're coming from, yeah. I think for me, I'm probably going to get murdered on the internet after this. So um, it was nice knowing you, everybody. I'm not as big of a Star Wars fan as everybody possibly thinks I am. (laughs) I've seen all the movies and I've read some of the comics, uh, but I've never watched any of the cartoons or read any of the books and stuff that go alongside it. And I've got a shocking memory when it comes to all the bizarrely named characters and I just don't remember anything. In fact, when I went to see Force Awakens, you know the guy with the CGI face whose name I've temporarily forgotten? I didn't realise he'd been in the movies before. <laughs> um, oh, oh, you, you no, not Force Awakens. You mean Rogue One? Yes, that's what I mean. You're talking yes. about Tarkin. Yes, there yeah. you go. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd completely blanked him from my memory entirely about you know him being in other Star Wars stuff. So like, I'm, I think I'm more excited for it than people I know who are Star Wars fans because I just think as a teaser. It's really teasy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know it sounds really daft, but there are so many trailers, even teaser trailers that I watch, and I'm like, I know everything about this movie. I don't need, I barely even need to go and see it. Like, I feel like I've seen Kong Skull Island, even though I haven't. Yeah, yeah. Because there's been, like, 53 trailers, and all of them have had different bits in. Like, I'm pretty sure you could piece together a fairly solid, like, 45 minutes of that movie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I very much feel like... um... Like, you know, they put out a new Spider-Man trailer. Yeah. So that incensed me so much that I actually did a YouTube... I took to YouTube. I was so annoyed by it because I watched the trailer and literally thought, well, well, I have to see the film now, will I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't... It's not even so much the fact that they show you the clips from the film. It's the fact they showed them in the narrative order. So with the Spider-Man trailer, it it literally felt to me like it showed me what his challenges are, what the villain is, where he goes wrong, what he's got to do to make things right, what the threat is. And I just felt that straight away I'm kind of like, I'll watch it on DVD now. I've got no... 
Oh, where? Yeah, I'm not going to see it this cinema. I mean, there's another reason for that in the fact that, like, I've seen, like, Spider-Man, like, 50 times now. I get it. He, he crawls up walls and shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from with that. I'm definitely going to see it at the cinema, but mostly because I've got a Cineworld card, so it's technically free. Yeah. But... I, that trailer bothered me a bit because I do think that film looks absolutely fantastic. But I think you're right. I don't think it needs as much in there as it gave us. Yeah. Uh, and I also think it felt like it was shoving Robert Downey Jr. in my face. Like, look who's in this movie. Yes. It's going to be so good. You know how he's Iron Man and you know how you love him. Well, he's going to be all over this movie like a rash on a cheap hooker. And I'm like, do you know what? Like... I feel like Tom Thingy. Oh, God, why am I so shit at names? Holland? Holland, yeah. There you go. I feel like he was good enough as Spider-Man in Civil War. Yes. That I would happily see that movie based on that performance alone, and I don't even need... I mean, Downey Jr. is probably going to be nice and good, but like, I don't feel like you need to ram that down my throat as a selling point for this film, because I think Tom Holland's got the chops to be a really good Spidey, and I don't... Like, he could... Yeah, I would go and see that movie anyway, I think, regardless yeah. of whether Iron Man was going to be in it or not. I thought I thought Spider-Man was going to be the, the one thing in Civil War that I wasn't going to like. And actually, he was one of the high points in Civil War. I thought he was brilliant. And yeah. I, thought, I thought, and when I say I'm going to watch it on DVD, that's not me. That's not actually even a diss in my point of view. But I think that, sorry, I thought that he would be really good in his own film. And when I saw the trailers, like you say, it's like every five minutes, it's like, hey, in case you didn't realise, I'm in it. I'm Robert Downey Jr. And I thought, didn't need it. You actually didn't need to have Iron Man in there. It, it, it would have worked just as well without him. But, you know, here we go. But back to the back to the Star Wars one to kind of end this little segment on a positive note. I did the idea of um, seeing Luke Skywalker in a situation of now he's training people is just awesome. Oh, mate, I'm so excited. Awesome. I mean, I, I'm excited and I'm a little bit trepidatious because the only thing I've seen Mark Hamill be in that's not a voice job is uh, the couple of episodes of The Flash where he plays... Um, the Trickster. The Trickster, there you go. For some reason, I was going to call him Toy Man and then I thought, that's not right, but it could also be a villain, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Can I just hold one second? I'll be back. I need to check, need to check Sue's bath. I know, I know, I know, I'll be back. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's all right. Uh, I probably need to disappear again in about another five minutes, actually turn it off. Um, <laughs> it's because Sue's gone to the gym. And I, and the bath can be a bit temperamental sometimes. And actually, oh, my breath was so out of shape. And, uh, and actually, when I went to check it, I was right. The bath had turned, the tap had gone ice cold. So if I hadn't have checked it, her bath would have gone ice cold. She would have come home, it would have been ice cold. And then she would have drowned me in it. And no one wants to see that. Oh, dear. Yeah. What was I talking about before you left? Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah, the only thing I've seen him in is The Flash. And it was a very uh, hammy, kitsch camp kind of a part so like i've got no concept of what his acting skills are like now that he's an older dude so that intrigues me a little bit because in my eyes he can do no wrong as a voice actor like he's done so much stuff lately that's just made me want to snog his face off i, I won't because that's weird yes um 
But yeah, I'm intrigued to see what he's like on the big screen because he did, he literally just turned around at the end of Force Awakens, didn't he? So yeah. you, know, you can't really judge him based on that. <laughs> he looks the part, though. Yeah, he does. He really does. But now I think yeah, it looked it was a great little trailer. Certainly, I get I get the sense this is going to be a darker film just from mm. the little shots that they gave you. Well, after all the subject of trailers, one trailer or trailers that has me really excited, it's probably the film I'm actually most excited for, is uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, yes. I am so excited for this, it's ridiculous. And um, Rich is like the opposite of excited, so we're in a torn household at the moment and I don't Ooh. really know how to cope with it. <laughs> oh, that is tough. Oh, you see, I think for me, one is set, it's a kind of pulp adventure type style like what they did with Captain America so that's a huge tick in my box mm-hmm. and two of the trailers just look really kick-ass and still haven't really given a lot away other than stuff that I already knew about Wonder Woman if you get what I mean yeah like ooh, look at her using a bracelet so. yeah yeah <laughs> like, you know you know if you read the comics you know that's what she does yeah yeah I um me and Rich were having a conversation the other day about this versus the Justice League trailer oh yes yeah. The Justice League trailer is something I do not understand as a piece of trailer. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> it's, for a start, there's some proper shockingly bad CGI in it, particularly around Cyborg, which suggests that it's either unfinished, in which case don't put it in the trailer, or that's what it looks like, in which case it's shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, oh. It felt to me like the um, Justice League trailer was trying to be a bit sort of like, hey, we're a bit funny, we're a bit actiony, we're a bit like, cool, blimey. But it's actually like not at all funny, and the action sequences in the trailer are so boringly generic. I was like, I could not give two hoots about this movie. But then, like, the Wonder Woman trailer, she's just like bossing around like this fucking elegant swan of war and i'm just like holy cow i think i'm a bit in love with her she just looks amazing the only thing i'm concerned about is how long the movie is because i haven't heard yet how long it's gonna be right and i feel like quite a lot of superhero movies are are just a tad just a smidge too long yeah um so like especially like i mean civil war i felt like you could have sliced a good 40 minutes out of that and made it a much tighter much more enjoyable experience yeah so like yeah that concerns me a bit but I am excited because, like, <laughs> a lot of people were trying to um, argue with me on the internet recently um, about the fact that, because I was like, I can't wait to see, like, a female superhero just have her own movie and be an absolute boss. And they were like, uh, uh, Marvel have got females, like, all up in the his house. And I was like, <sighs> okay, as much as I love Black Widow, is she there on her own? No. <laughs> is she even part of multiple females? No. <laughs> There's like two of them, and one of them is depicted as being clearly mentally unstable. <laughs> so women aren't doing too well in the Marvel Universe. And then they try and argue with me, yeah, but Guardians of the Galaxy fucking led with a talking tree and a raccoon. And I'm like, yeah, th- those are also not women. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm misunderstanding the fundamentals of fucking science and biology here, but I'm pretty sure, regardless of what gender they identify as, that a raccoon and a tree do not equate to women so like the fact that i'm excited about a female superhero leading a movie like don't try and take that away from me and have like just because you want to dig at dc movies because like i'm not well i'm not a fan of dc movies at all i you know man of steel was all right and then everything else has been kind of shit but 
this looks really good and I'm excited to see it and I hope it's good when I go and see it. So like don't take this excitement away from me because you want to jizz on Marvel. Anyway, that's a different thing. I mean I I I have to say I don't really get into this certainly in the films, I don't get into the D C Marvel thing. For mm. me it's kind of like I just want to see good superhero films. I could care less what comic they're coming out of. First, I mean, on, on saying that, I'd like to see more independent uh, comics, more indie comics getting hit in the big screen, but, you know, that's by the by. So I, I don't care. I don't care whether it's Batman, um, Spidey, whoever. Just do good films with them, you know, because I read, I, I read both sets of companies, I read from both sets of companies, have done since I was a kid. So I've never really been, you know, DC or Marvel. But the thing that kind of worries me for DC is that Marvel's kind of like found their their template, mm-hmm. you know, their sort of sweet spot. They kind of, I, I don't quite know how they do it, but there's, there is a model there. They might not say there isn't, but there's a model there that they're using. Um, and whether that model is getting in directors who know what they're doing, getting in writers that know what they're doing, being faithful to the source material, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um, I think with DC, they just haven't quite found that sweet spot and I think the problem is is whilst they're searching for it you're getting films which are a little bit haphazard yeah but I say that you know I enjoyed I really liked Man of Steel I think people forget about the I think we're currently in that climate where people forget about Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises I really enjoyed those films that trilogy um Batman and Superman it had issues but there was stuff in there that I liked you know yeah I'm it's an it opinion. Was, it was buried in an av- avalanche of shite, though. Yeah, but there, 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 there were good things in there, but yeah. And I still argue that a lot of these films, and I say this as someone who grew up watching a lot of these superhero films who, which weren't very good. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of people now that this is their first experience with superhero films, so they're judging it on that, which is fine. I'm judging it with Spider-Man. I used to watch where he was blatantly not climbing up a wall. And his and his idea of like firing a spidey web, it was effectively a rope that shot out of his arm. So silly string. <laughs> yeah, and, and don't even start me on the Doctor Strange. If you think these films are bad, you go and watch the Doctor Strange seventies film, and then you you give me a call after that. I mean, he had a perm for a start. Anyway, so you know, I, I do think I do kind of I'm a bit more forgiving, I think, because of that with with some films as well. But I think with the Justice League trailer, I just kind of. It felt almost like they're getting bashed left, right, and center, and they got bashed with um, Batman and Superman being so dark. And oh, it's too dark. Oh, it's too grim. Superman's not supposed to be like that. He's supposed to be happy, go lucky. Look at Christopher Reeve and whatever, whatever. And I think because they've been so bashed with that, I think they're trying to kind of reel that back a little bit of Justice League. So suddenly Batman's like cracking jokes a little bit more and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm kind of like, it's, it's a difficult one to come back from because you've already set, your first two films have already kind of set that tone. So a part of me would almost want them to just go, fuck it and embrace it and carry on with that style. Because in one, just, just get tighter scripts. Because in one respect, what you're trying to say is your Marvel kind of heroes are a little bit more grounded, whereas actually your DC Heroes, well, effectively, they're gods and titans. That's kind of where you're coming from. So play up to that. Make your stories more cosmic. Make them bigger. You can still find parts to put the lightness in there, but above all, get tight scripts. They don't need to be four hours long. <laughs> they really don't. Um, get decent action in there. And I just felt the Justice League trailer... Obviously, I'm excited to see it. I'm still excited to see everything, but I kind of understand what you're saying. I mean, 
I've seen Batman swinging in the back. I've seen Batman swinging in the rope a hundred times and throwing batarangs. It didn't. There wasn't really, and it's weird because a bit with Aquaman's kind of on the. There's a bit where Aquaman's on like the Batmobile. Yeah. He's like, yeah, and I was just like, yeah. (laughs) See, now I'm quite excited for Aquaman, but I don't know if it's because he seems like he has a personality in this because I think he's dull as fuck in the books. Like every comic I've ever read with him, and I'm like, oh fuck off, Aquaman, you're boring. (laughs) No, they need to. They need to do what they should have done was Aquaman from Brave and the Bold. Oh man, I'd have loved that. That would have been that awesome. That would have been their dark universe. No, I don't. Make him a piece head instead. No, that would have been so awesome if they'd done that. Oh. They'd have all this darkness and um, I forgot you played Batman now. Ben Affleck coming Affleck. in and being like, oh, I'm Batman. And like, Aquaman's like, hey, chum! <laughs> Outrageous! Outrageous! That would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. They missed a trick there, I think. Yeah, right, I've got to check the buff and then I'm back. Oh, mate. I know. And then we oh, need to talk Black Widow, remind me. Oh, okay. I'm back. That was quick, bruv. I know, and I yeah, yeah, check you out, bruv. Um <laughs> and I uh I turned the um bath off, so all was good. Oh well done. Good. Yes, you mentioned Black Widow. I did. And the fact that she hasn't got a film or anything like that. I did. Right. I recently, because they put me onto this, so I'm now um, subscribed to, I'm calling it Marvel Flicks. I'm trying I'm trying to get it to, to take off. So you know they've got the Marvel Unlimited thing you can get? Yeah. So I've sort of subscribed to it to give it a go. But I don't like Marvel Unlimited, so I'm calling it Marvel Flicks, like Netflix, but Marvel. But it's not Flicks. It's don't, comics. Don't care. Okay. Oh. It will take off. If I say it enough... If I get on enough other podcasts and keep saying it, it will, by the end of the year... Mate, I've got about 10 listeners. You ain't going to get it. No, no, no. You've got, you've got more than that. I'm telling you. It's my plan. But because of that, and David David recently read um, the Black Widow comic, which is written by Mark Wade. I think there's about... I don't know how many issues are out now, but there's six on uh, Marvel flicks. Yeah. Um, and Dave was raving about it and sort of said you should check it out. So I was like, okay. I've read these six issues, and to begin with, at the moment, it's my favourite comic of the year. It's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Have you, have you read it? Yeah. Oh, my I God. I love it so much. Oh, my God. Issue one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I said, I said this on, the, on GS. That was probably, issue one was probably my, I can't think of any others at the moment, but it's probably in my top five action sequences in a comic ever it was just awesome awesome and i came out so i read the first six issues i think is the first first storyline i read it all in one sitting and i came out and i said right why don't they just get that do that as a film don't even try and get someone to write some fancy black widow script you just go and you pay mark wade whatever money you need to pay him right you get that script you nick the comic panels to for your storyboards. Get Scarlett Johansson. You pay her a ton of money. Job done. Job done. I, I would absolutely be behind that one hundred and ten percent. Job done. If anyone's got any doubts about Black Widow carrying her own movie, you need to go and read that comic series. Awesome. Sorry, I was just suppressing a burp. I I wholeheartedly concur. Black Widow is a an interesting one for me in the comics because she can often be written kind of. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? It's not whiny, because that, that's a doing a disservice to her, but like... Wishy-washy? 
yeah, kind of like too focused on the shit that's in her past. Right, okay. Um, and it's not that I don't want them to ever talk about that, because like, that stuff was a big deal. And if it was a, an actual real-life person, that would obviously <laughs> colour like all of your experiences forever. But there are some comics I've read where it's all been like, oh, I wish I hadn't done bad things when I was in Russia and that. Oh, oh God, I've got to do loads of good stuff to make up for it, because I'm an horrible person now. <laughs> it's like, no, come on, you're a fucking badass. Get fucking doing awesome things. And th- yeah, this, yeah, it's just so good. <laughs> like, I just, Black Widow's been consistently quite good because I can't remember who did it before, before this sort of soft reboot. Oh, that's going to annoy me. But the I think the artist was Phil Noto on that, and that right. was absolutely delicious looking. <laughs> Yeah. I could have eaten that comic book for dinner. It was so pretty. How many how many issues are out now of the soft reboot then? Uh, I think there's about 12, but I'm pretty sure it's ending this month. Or maybe it ended last month. What? They, they, they've just... they've cancelled it? You're kidding. I, I, if I'm, th- I'm going to do a Google because I might be lying to you, but I, think, I don't think I am. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. Have I just ruined your life? <laughs> oh, well, at least I've got another six issues still to come, but... Marvel. Yeah. I know. Like, Marvel are so rubbish. I mean, they're not. They, they do some really good <laughs> do some really good comics. But they just, like, they stop rebooting every other fucking week and stop doing massive events. I couldn't give less of a shit about Secret Empire if I tried. <laughs> it's a secret. It isn't, though, because I read an article earlier about what happens in it. Oh, really? It hasn't even fucking started yet. <laughs> yeah, but, but... I mean, I don't care because I'm not going to read it, but... <laughs> But the, the big spoiler is um, everything changes. Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you say that every time, and it doesn't. <laughs> and then when it does, it doesn't stick. The, the, what really saddens me about comics is the only thing that seems to have fucking stuck is uh, original, like, Ted Cord Blue Beetle being dead. And, like, <laughs> he's so great. Why did he not come back? <laughs> he's so good. And fucking Booster Gold, are you kidding me? What a perfect team. Let's get that book going, please and thank you. I could go on for days about how much I love Ted Cord. I think he's come back in Reba. Earth, but he's shit. So I just I don't want I don't want this Ted Cord. I want proper Ted Cord. Right. Uh, DC, if you're listening, you're not. But you know, thanks for pretending. <laughs> Black Widow is very good. But like, I just yeah, I feel like Marvel need to like chill out a bit and <laughs> just sort of concentrate on a few things. I feel like they're trying to put their finger in like a thousand event pies. Yeah. And it's really bringing down the quality of a lot of. Stuff that I normally enjoy. Like, I have, like, you know how much I adore Captain America. Like, he was my gateway into comics. Yeah. I haven't read a Captain America comic for about a year now. Isn't he a Nazi now? Oh, he's an agent of Hydra, oh, sorry. Eh? <laughs> Which is tantamount to being a Nazi, if yeah. you ask me. But, like, I didn't even, I didn't even read that issue because I was like, you know what? No. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not having this. I'm not having it. Just, no. just back away. I'm just going to read Ms. Marvel and fuck the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> and Deadpool, obviously, because yeah. I'm never going to stop reading Deadpool. Barry. Yes. Did you watch the new Doctor Who? Yes. Horror Minds want to know. What do you think? I have to say, I thought it was one of the worst episodes of Doctor Who I've ever seen. Serial? No, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, coming from you, that's like, uh-oh. Oh, bad times? Because I consider you to be like one of my bigger Doctor Who friends. Um, oh, really? Yeah. But I don't know if it's just because I... Because <laughs> I'm the only other person you know that watches it. <laughs> no, I know Dave's like, a, like, I know he's an even bigger Doctor Who fan, but he just doesn't talk to me, does he? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> now, I, I'm intrigued to see what you think because mm-hmm. I think Capaldi has had a really bad rap in the sense that a lot of people seem to think he's a bit shit. Whereas <laughs> I think he's kind of amazing, but he's had shit stories. I don't think he's had any real, like, full-on standout, holy shit moments like Tennant and Smith got. And I kind of love his frazzled, mad scientist look. I, I love that about him. And his coat. It's a good coat. <laughs> so I was, I was actually really happy with this episode because I... Uh, I didn't think the last series was very good. In fact, I had this conversation with somebody on Twitter the other day where I was like, I genuinely don't remember any episodes from last series. I remember there was a T-Rex at one point, and then I also remember there was an episode where he spent ages in a tower, just like reliving the same day. Oh, yeah, that was when it was just him when he was out, wasn't it? Yeah, which was probably the only really, really good episode. Something, something Daleks, I'm sure. I... I don't even remember. Did Capaldi have a story with Daleks? Seems like he should have. Yes, he did. He did, because Davros, was not it? Yeah. I think, that was, I think that was the opening uh, <laughs> episode. The thing is, is, is I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, actually. I really like Peter Capaldi. I think the scripts haven't really done him justice. And when he's kind of, when he gets, he's had a, he has had a few moments, and you can kind of see how good he could be. Because yeah. um, it was... Um, I think it was, I don't know if it's the second to last episode, but you know the little girl that doesn't die? She's also in Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. There was a yeah. there was a bit where he kind of lost his shit with her, properly lost his shit with mm-hmm. her. And she was trying to give it, as we say in Arnica, she was trying to give it large, he was having none of it. <laughs> and um, I thought that scene was, was brilliant. And he's had, he's had a couple of, he, he tends to be at his best when he's actually losing his shit, to be fair. <laughs> I don't, you know, as I said, the episode which was all him, I thought was brilliant. I thought that was really good. However, the episode which followed it, I just thought it just did nothing for me. I don't um, even remember which one followed it. I think it's, he, he, he finally gets back to Gallifrey, like the home of the Time Lords. Right. And it's just a bit of a, it was a bit of a mess. And I think a lot of it was because so much was spent on, I've forgotten the name now. Clara. Yeah. So much was spent on, like, uh, Clara. Clara's story and where that it was kind of to his detriment I felt yeah. and I think this is one of the been the problems with New Who is and it's not even about the romantic thing I'm not even getting into all of that I think it's sometimes that the companion's story sometimes override the doctors and sometimes a companion is around for a little too long mm-hmm. um, and you need to have that fresh that breath of fresh air a bit more often which is why this episode I thought was brilliant because Bill was just a, a fresh of breath air fresh of breath air that's not quite right. No, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Mm. She was one of those. I'm still not 100% sure on Bill. The, 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 hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say this is a problem, but I think I don't think Stephen Moffat can write anything other than slightly sassy, independent, confident, but has flaws. Girl. Like, so I think you could have easily taken Bill out of that story and put in Amy Pond or River Song or Clara or even Sally Sparrow and and it wouldn't have felt like anything was out of place or out of character. Right. But I like what the actress was bringing to it. I like her mannerisms and I like the way she holds herself. There was, there's a whole thing on the internet at the moment about her sort of, we were introduced to her in a very weird way in the sense that she almost immediately makes a joke about models being dumb and fat people being unattractive. And it was, it was like, it didn't even strike me until people started talking about it on the internet. 
how kind of gross that is. Like, you know, we're trying to, this is, this is the person we're supposed to put ourselves in the shoes of. Like, she's our eye into the world of the Doctor. She's the one we're supposed to relate to because we can't relate to being a Time Lord, which is fine. But then to immediately have her be like, yeah, like a model, but like we're thinking and it's like, well, that's rude. And then like, oh, I'd fatted her, I'd fatted her up, you know, beauty all chips. And I'm like, well, you know, you can be fat and beautiful and also you can eat, eat chips and not get horrendously fat like if you eat them in moderation. I think that's <laughs> possibly coming from where I work. I get a bit stressed about messages like that in media, but I was so glad that they like turned it around. And the one thing I think Stephen Moffat is really good at is taking ordinary things and making them shit your pants scary. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like with the weeping angels, like who fucking looks at any kind of angel statue now and doesn't do a little poo in their pants? Nobody. I do. Because they're terrified. <laughs> I stand in front of them. Come on, do something, you bastard. I do. He says, winking instead of blinking so that he doesn't stop looking at yeah. it. <laughs> and I, I have no statues in my house. Uh, uh, but be, yeah, yeah, no. I've got a small statue of Moon Knight, but I don't think he counts as an angel. No. Um, <laughs> but, like, so, so like, he took something as completely mundane as, like, a fucking puddle <laughs> and went, yeah, nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. Shit. <laughs> It rains so much in the UK, I can't get frightened of puddles too. <laughs> Never leave the house. <laughs> but I did like that, and I also liked... I was talking with Jenny on my last episode about um, Bill's gayness, in that I said I was really frightened that because they'd announced it beforehand, they'd done that because they were going to make it super coded and super in the background. So they're going to be like, look, it's a it's a really openly gay character, sort of, but not really. But they made her full-on gay, and I was so happy. <laughs> But they didn't do it in a sort of like, oh, look, she's tonguing a woman every 10 seconds away, which was great. Because there, there is a balance I think you need to have. like, And I think it was good that they'd represented that without making it either grossly over-sexualised or hiding it in a closet and subtly mentioning it, perhaps, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think um, because Dave went to the... Um the screening for this before it came out and Stephen, Stephen Moffat had a go at the reporters because actually it wasn't oh it wasn't him that sort of out it had put the story out it was the reporters that put the story out about it having having the first openly gay character or whatever although I'm sure Captain Jack might have something to say about that but well, anyway though, isn't it? yeah so, well, well yeah I suppose but anyway um, <laughs> and he sort of said he had a go at them and he was sort of like Dave sort of said he proper lost it with him, sort of going, you know, how dare you? He said, you know, to to our generation, this is seen as something different, something strange, or whatever you want to call it, something something we have to get our heads around is the term I would probably use. And he said, whereas to kids, it, it, it's nothing to kids these days because they're that next generation. Yeah. So he was sort of saying, how dare you make this something to be fearful of um, or something to be so different and so alien. He said, you know, I'm the one who's in charge of scaring kids, not you. <laughs> um, nice, and one of the things that I thought about the way that, I mean, I don't even talk about it, to, to be honest, but I think because you've raised it, I kind of want to sort of say, say this, is, um, is what they did was, is they treated her in the same way as you would have treated a, a heterosexual character. Mm-hmm. You, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, there was yeah. no difference. That's what I mean. Is there's always that danger of you go one way, you go the other way. But they treated her no different. And you know, if they had made her, if her character was an over-sexualized character anyway, if that was her characteristic, then that would have been fine. If she was 
not going to woman every five minutes. Do you know what I mean? In the same way, if she was a heterosexual character who was over-sexualized and she was snogging blokes every five minutes, do you know what I mean? So they were true to that character. So her sexuality was a facet of her character. It wasn't a... It wasn't a it wasn't defining her trait. Defining yeah. Yeah. And I was saying the, the the story around it, you could have easily that connection that they had. If she'd been heterosexual and it had been a bloke, that would have worked. If it had been a male companion who was gay and it had been a bloke, it would have worked. It would have worked if it was a woman. Do you know what I mean? It, I thought they did it really well. Yeah, me too. I mean, I am not gay, so I can't speak to representation and how it should be done. It, yes. I mean, I don't think there's any one particular way it should be done, because like no. you say, guess what? Loads of people are gay and are different about how they're gay. <laughs> that doesn't make them any less gay. But yeah, I, I liked it because, like you say, it felt natural. It didn't feel like they were going, cool, look at what we're doing. And it didn't feel like they were hiding it under a bushel and all. No. That's, that's, that's what I liked about it. Yeah. So I, I am. Intru- I want to see more of Bill because I wasn't 100% sold on her personality. Okay. But I like... The, the thing that bothers me, though, is already knowing that she's gone at the end of this series. What? Like, shit, sorrow. There's been, like, a whole brouhaha on the internet about how Chris Chibnall wanted a... Well, I don't know if it was him that wanted a clean slate or if they wanted to clean the slate for when he comes in as the new showrunner. So, like, yeah, knew everything a la Stephen Moffat's starting position. And I'm like, I feel like we're not even giving... What? Uh, what, uh, what? So she, is she out then? Is that definite, though? Well, I mean... Or is that just chatter? I, I, th- I think it's definite, but don't hold me to it because I'm known to be a plonker. But from from what I've heard, they were basically saying Steve Moffat got a clean slate with a new Doctor and a new companion and a new everything else. So that's yeah. what the Chibnall should get, which is a... A bit mean when you think of how many of the companions, like you say, were knocking around for too long. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that'll be a good thing. Maybe maybe it's good to have like a one and done companion because then they don't get like too big for their britches or... Well, the problem is, is that most of the time a new companion comes in and most of the time we actually like them. You know, I liked Amy. I really liked Amy. Yeah, me too. From the beginning. And I liked Coral from the beginning. But the problem is, like you say, they didn't stick around a little bit too long and... Because they're around for such a long time, they the writers have to start doing more with them mm-hmm. to kind of justify having them in the tidy for such a long time. So they start yeah. to get more overarching story plot points. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I start to kind of go off the boil a little bit with them. Especially when with, like, for example, Clara, like her storyline was wrapped up in a neat little package at the end of her first series. Yeah. But then they were like, oh, we're keeping her around though because reasons. <laughs> and it was like, oh, what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. I still want him to get get a Dalek companion, like a buddy cop movie, mismatch cops. <laughs> uh, I don't know that that would be. Be awesome. A great idea. That'd be awesome. Every plan, every time they turn up somewhere, he's trying to exterminate someone. Doctor's trying to stop him, and then they end every episode ends with him sitting on the beach having a having a couple of cold ones, laughing, and it freeze frame. <laughs> having a cocktail with a little umbrella. In it. <laughs> yeah, be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I still think he needs a brummy companion. BBC. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love how I say that like I'm any kind of actor, yeah. but I am not. <laughs> I think that's probably all I want to say on Doctor Who, really. Okay. Uh, it was, it was, I think it was a good solid episode. It wasn't like blow your socks off, but it was good. And I, I don't want Capaldi to go. I think he needs some, some really good episodes. I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a great way to get people into Doctor Who who had never watched Doctor Who. Because actually, it was not only a pilot in title, but also in the way it was. It was a very good 
relaunch in some ways. I think we're in for a good ride this season, mainly because it's Moffat's last season. So he's he probably just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is a very good point. So he's probably just going to throw everything at it. Um, so I, I think we're going to get some pretty twisty-turny stories. I'm looking forward to it. I'm game. I'm more game than I was before this this first episode. Yes. Because I was, yeah. I was kind of ready to check out until a new Doctor if this episode wasn't good. Because I hate, I don't want to be one of those people who's like, like somebody I know on Facebook who I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but basically went online and was like, right, I'm going to give Doctor Who a go. It hasn't been good since the relaunch. And I'm like, well, <laughs> why <are you> st- <laughs> this is like the 10th fucking season since it came back. You having a giraffe, mate? No, that'd be, that'd be horrible, but... Odds are, probably not for you. That's just silly. <laughs> like, I didn't want to become that person who's, like, every week watching it. Like I was with Walking Dead until I decided to finally fuck that off. Yeah. Like, just complained about it every week and then went, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. I learned a valuable lesson from Smallville. Yeah, see, I never watched that, so I think yeah. <laughs> I think I could have learned a valuable lesson from Smallville. And, and I, I must say, I mean, I know it's coming up time. I should be, I'll be heading off for the next couple of minutes. But all I'm saying, Flash, if you don't, Fuck your ideas up. You're, you're going that. You're going into the big speed force in the sky, mate. I tell you. I am also of that mindset. Like Flash is now the only one I'm still watching. But I'll admit, actually, I haven't watched the last couple of episodes. Like I haven't watched anything since the musical one. Right. So I don't know if that's one or two episodes that I've missed because I just can't. I just can't get the gumption to watch it. Do you know what I've actually done recently? And this is terrible to admit, considering how much like stuff there is on telly that I should be watching. Mm-hmm. I've rewatched all of Scrubs and all of Flight of the Concords <laughs> 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 Because there's so much fun. Flash used to be good. Do you remember when Flash was fun? I don't know, because I still watch the shows. Because I went back to Arrow because I'm enjoying Arrow again, right? Mm-hmm. But Arrow kind of did that whole Batman thing where he was brooding and five years and something else and killing people and filled this city. Right, and that's cool because he filled that slot quite nicely. Whereas Flash was like, "Hey, I'm the Flash. I run really fast. I have fun. And I have frappuccinos. And I'm really cool, right?" <laughs> and Flash filled that zone, and it's quite cool. What I don't want is Flash trying to be a bit like, "Oh, I'm, I run really fast, but this frappuccino doesn't really taste that nicely, bro." And and uh, and I've got to go. I've got to break up with my missus yeah, for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And then everyone's going to have a go at me because I went back to the past to change things to save my mum because that's just one thing that everyone would have done if they had the same power I did. Mate, I have so many problems with that. The biggest one being that there is no way that the fucking Legends of Tomorrow can exist <laughs> oh in God. this universe, changing time left, right and fucking centre, but then everyone shits the bed when Barry goes... All I did was try and save my dead family. I'm not even kidding. How how is it possible that him saving his mom turned like Caitlin into a paediatric optometrist or whatever the fuck, and turned Diggle's kid from a girl to a boy or vice versa or whatever the shit? But like we can go back into like World War One and take a ray gun and kidnap J.R. Tolkien and be like, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having it. I have to say, right? I, I, I like, I like Legends of Tomorrow because it is, it is quite fun and, and just a bit shit. Oh, it's batshit. And, and it, no, and it knows it is. So I'm, I'm all good with that, right? But it's like I watched the season finale of it, and I watched the end of it, and I thought you are literally the worst super team there is <laughs> <laughs> because you make nothing better. All you end up doing is, all you end up doing is fixing your own mistakes. 
That's all you end up doing. You fuck shit up and then you got to fix it. <laughs> Your shit. <laughs> it's entertaining watching them mess shit up, but that is all they think. They just, they just fly around the way around and they fuck shit up. And the one guy who should know more than them has just left them to it. <laughs> no. Hey, Rip, what do you mean, Captain? No, you don't need me anymore. Whoa. I disagree with that. I think they might make. Oh, gosh. It's so weird. Yeah, there's absolutely no way that tiny, tiny flash change. Yeah. <laughs> could be such a big deal. There's no it's, comparison. It's yeah. Also, as well, you've got the one guy who's he's, he's gone from working on cars to now he's yeah. the mechanic on a, on a spaceship that goes through time. And everyone, and everyone just knows how to fly it and use it and just, wow. I was thinking of you the other day because I went to see, uh, not in a pervy way, don't worry. Okay. Because uh, I went to see Fast and Furious 8. Ooh. And it involves a hacker. Oh. And uh, and it was one of those ones where it's like clickety clack, OT, clickety oh. oh, I'm in the fucking FBI deep sealed files and she's yo, and you're like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> she's doing it from a fucking plane as well that she's flying around fucking blind spots. What? Uh, how are you getting Wi Fi and shit up there, mate? Because <laughs> you'll ask your whole year long episode on hackers <laughs> in TV shows. <laughs> I mean,. I ca- like I can't, I can't fault it because it's Fast and the Furious. Yeah. So it's it's essentially a movie franchise where a bunch of criminals are somehow asked to do things that criminals shouldn't be able to do. That can, like that somehow can only be achieved by driving fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's what those movies are. It's like oh, we've got this mission, but we're not going to send our top notch, you know, Sterling Archer types after it. We're going to send Vin Diesel, the human potato, because he, <laughs> he can drive so fast. Uh, like honestly, he is laughably bad in these movies. We got a top secret mission for you. What do we need us to do? We need you to be fast and furious. We can do that for you <laughs> eight times. <laughs> This film as well, it was quite funny because at the end of it, Rich was like, what did you think? And I was like, well, I think it was a Fast and Furious movie, but I think it might have had too much car. <laughs> like, it got to a point towards the end where I was like, Rich, I can't sit through any more driving. I'm so <laughs> Like the, and this is the bit where they're they're all driving. Like there's a fucking orange Lamborghini on ice. I'm not even kidding. They're in like, I want to say Reykjavik, but that might not be right. They're somewhere anyway. There's a submarine. Right. And like, they're just, they're driving around in a tiny tank and a fucking orange Lamborghini. And the rock is diverting missiles with his bare fucking hands. And I'm like, oh, I'm bored. Wow. <laughs> there's just been so many cars just crashing and being fast and flipping and exploding and crashing again. And I just got to the end and I was like, that could have done with like one or two less action sequences. Wow. It's only so much furious you can take. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just too fast and too furious yeah. for me. That's a whole different movie, but still. <laughs> On that note, Aww, I'm sorry. I need to go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Utter bastard. You've already had me for an extra 12 minutes. That sounds wrong. I didn't mean to sound like that. Ooh, I know. Uh, Mrs. Barry, before you go, yes. tell the lovely people of the internet where they can stalk you. I mean, find you. You can find me at my stage show, Rum Tum Tucker 2, which I've already announced on Geek Syndicate. Uh, which is going to be down at the Strathby Avenue. It was down there over Easter. I'm going to be there all through summer. Come down, say hello, bring whiskey. That is a lie. Uh, you can actually find me at uh, uk, and the podcast comes out every so often. <laughs> Barry, we really need to get on our podcast that we promised people like a year ago. I know, I know. Well, this, this, was, this is a taster for it. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know if people want it now. <laughs> if you still want it after listening to this episode, then, then let Stace know. If you don't... It'll happen. Yeah. We've got a logo and everything. Yeah, we we have. just haven't recorded any words. <laughs> it's work in progress. Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah. Right. I need to go. Righto, as Barry had to go, I guess I'll finish up just giving you all the social media beers that you can contact me on. As Barry was saying, you can find him all over the geeksyndicate.co.uk website and also on Twitter as Geek Syndicate. And you can find me at Stacey's Parlour on Twitter. That's Stacey with an E and Parlour with a U. But hopefully you'd know that because if you're listening to this, then I assume you've looked at the title of this podcast at least once. Anywho, come join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group as well. That would be lovely. We talk about all sorts of pop culture things in there and oftentimes I just post about all the things that I want to own that I can't afford. And it makes me sad, but at least we can look at them together. Anywho, you can also find the show on iTunes, Stitcher and any podcatcher of your choice, I think. Please do rate and review the show if you can, just because that would help other people to find it as well. And, uh, you know, the more the merrier in it. On that note, I shall see you next month. Smooches! Mwah. <laughs>